Hey guys, it's Naomi from Woe Goes Naomi and Living Brightly LLC. Today is a little bit different. I decided that I wanted to talk about sexuality or rather my transition from bisexuality or identifying as bisexual to demisexual. And this is something that's a pretty recent change for me. <laughs> so I'm still trying to figure it out. And luckily I have a dear friend that identifies as demisexual so I've been bouncing off like my thoughts and feelings to them um, and I have a, a, a few quotes from them a really long quote they they are chatty Kathy for sure <laughs> and I also have a few definitions but yeah I just wanted to start off with I guess a definition on what demisexuality is and this is from WebMD, WebMD. I am going to be looking into more sources coming up but this was one of the main ones that I saw. So WebMD identifies demisexuality as people only feeling sexually attracted to someone when they have only established an emotional bond with that person. They can be gay, straight, bisexual, or pansexual, can have any gender identity. So the difference between demisexual and sapiosexual if you haven't heard of sapiosexual sapiosexuals basically feel attracted to someone because they appear intellectual or they the person thinks that they're intellectual and i feel like there's bleed over into demisexuality with that as well but the difference is demisexual demisexual people only feel that attraction to someone once they have that bond with them and just so you know, the, um, there is demisexual, the demi, the prefix in demisexual means half. So it's a spectrum of being sexual and asexual. And an asexual person is defined as a person who has no feelings, no sexual feelings or desires. But let's be clear that that is a spectrum. <laughs> there's gray sexual and there's, there's a lot of other terms and um, bleed overs for all of this so there's no hard or fast way to identify or to define yourself basically so for me personally I've been out as bisexual I think going on four years now and it was something that I always kind of knew but repressed I grew up very religiously I however was not really religious except for like a very short period in college, <laughs> surprisingly enough, in college. Because of my upbringing, I was taught that liking women was bad and my mom and my sister are queer. Um, I don't wanna identify them for them because they are not here, but they are queer. Um, they lean more sapphically and I do as well. And that's been something that I've repressed for most of my life. It wasn't until I think I was like 21, 22 or so that I, until I started to be accepting of uh, my being attracted to women. And for me, it was that now I'm realizing how much this bleeds into demisexuality, because for me, I didn't think that I was attracted or that I was really into women because I was only sexually attracted to them. And for me, I also don't have like a vast dating history or anything like that <laughs> for me I needed to be um, emotionally into someone t for me to like think that I like them so I wasn't considering women an option until uh, I want to say 
December of 2017 or 18. I think it was 18. No, 17. And then, no, I don't, I don't know math. I don't know years either. Time. I just don't know a lot of things, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, so once I came to terms with my actually wanting to be in a relationship with women, I was like, okay, well, this, there's something here. I need to express this. And my coming out was not... Uh, roses by any means like it was exactly what I knew it was going to be it was a firm you're going to go to hell uh you know this is wrong and I was like nah that's that's your story that's not mine like don't put those words in my mouth actually last year in 2020 it was then when I because I was out of work for I worked at a bar and we we closed down in March and I was out of work until like mid-November no late November so that was a lot of time for reflection and other things. And it was during that, those months where I'm like, okay, I, I appreciate women a lot more than men. <laughs> and I struggled a lot last year because I thought, well, if I like women this much, this much more than men, why not just identify as a lesbian? But there was part of me, I was like, well, that doesn't resonate because I'm still attracted to men. It's like a very small three to five percent <laughs> of men, but I'm still attracted to them. And I have, mo I still have moments where I'm like, I just wish I could identify as a lesbian. It would just be easier, quote unquote, easier, right? Oh, hi, squirrel. How's it going? They said, hey. Um, <laughs> but I didn't want to feed into that because there's already like biphobia, birasure in the community. So I was like, no, I'm going to stand my ground on this. Like, even if it is like a 3% on a good day, I still feel attracted to men because I still have encounters where I'm like, oh, there's a vibe there. Oh, there, there's something there. And it's not, and I get it because I need the emotional and intellectual attraction to somebody to be like, okay, yeah. It's, it's just a vibe thing. Like, it's, I go off of vibes and energy. So, yeah. <laughs> so, within my friend's quote, they, they do mention, like, being fluid. And for me, I, when I realized that I could identify as being demisexual, I, I knew that it was because I am more fluid and because I didn't want to be locked down to just by being bisexual. And them and I have talked about, like, how of course being bisexual is inclusive but I feel like there is a stigma around being bisexual or rather in my mind it's not inclusive enough they talked about how being bi is also inclusive so it might just be my little own thing with it but I just know that being bisexual does not resonate with me as much anymore and I think that demisexual just makes more sense to, for me because it is like if I, I can be attracted to somebody sure but like I cannot even like fathom a relationship with somebody um, or like going on a date if I don't have emotional connection with that person and I've always very much preferred being friends with somebody first rather than just like jumping into a date or going on a date or like dating apps like I've done dating apps in the past here and there but they feel very inauthentic to me because it feels very forced. It feels very unnatural. And I, I'm just very much a person that needs a natural connection because it just they just hit so much more. They hit very differently. You're like, oh my God, I didn't know that I was feeling these things. Or rather, now it makes sense that I, I've, I'm feeling these things. And I guess, let me get into um, some of my friend's quote. 
they do ha it's like an encyclopedia length of a quote <laughs> uh, because I, I might be doing a two-parter I did ask another friend of mine for a quote who's also non-binary so I'm, a, I'm also a writer and I feel like because most of my characters are are on the spectrum of being LGBTQ plus I'm able to like express myself more than when it's just me I don't know because of course they're all extensions of me in some shape or form but like for example my protagonist is bisexual but heavily sapphic leaning and I, I have some other characters that are mostly sapphic but there's some that are pan and bi and I just feel like I can create situations where I wish I could express myself but I'm doing it through them if that makes sense but now I'm gonna get into my friends quote and they have some really good things to say and but I, I might as what well, I'm likely gonna do a second parter to this because I most of my friends are queer in some shape or form most of the people that I know are queer in some shape or form and that's beautiful and that just goes um, with the notion that it is it's very fluid and I, I don't think that and I'm not trying to say that being hetero is not normal by any means. I'm not trying to say that. But I think it's much more normal these days for people to question and just be fluid and go with the flow of things. Um, if it feels right for them to do so. So now I'm going to start my friend's quote. Okay. They say, and I quote, <laughs> I've gone back and forth on my identity between lesbian and bisexual for a long time. Honestly, and I think my demisexuality and gender queerness have played a big role in that. There's no real script for gender sexualities and attraction the way there are for allosisette people. And that's especially true when you're approaching it from outside gender, gender binary or without experiencing normative attraction. I'm going to end the quote there because uh, I have a little, bit, <laughs> a little bit to say. So, yeah, I, what I'm, my take on this is that, you know, a lot of people aren't in places where they can express themselves fully. So they go about things in a very heteronormative way and they they feel i guess you know you could say they feel trapped but they're also they're not thinking about the options and that's where i feel like a lot of internalized homophobia comes in because for me like there are very real instances when i was very young like i'm talking second grade or i didn't know anything about sexuality or being queer and um i was just expressing my interest in women and it just as I've looked over those instances the last few years, the last year, I guess, more or less, I realized how much internalized homophobia I had. And to be clear, I've, I've been an ally and supporter of LGBT rights for a few years now, since like high school. Um, but I did not consider myself a part of the community until recently. And then in the last year, I was, I'm still impacting, honestly, as much, all the internalized homophobia I had. And and why I was just like, yeah, no, women, <laughs> gross, no, <laughs> why would I, who, no, why, you know, men only, mm. and, <laughs> ew, <laughs> and that was the attitude that I had, and I think a lot of people have that, or they just, they really just don't consider themselves having an option, and I think that really does go back to how you're, how you're brought up, um, culturally, religiously, and, and I guess uh, geograph geographically as well, because it is considered illegal in a lot of places and you can go to jail and or be killed for it. So I can only imagine in those places that it's very hard to be queer in any sort of shape or form. Okay. 
I'm going to get back into the quote. I was raised with an ideology from birth. My sexuality was assigned to me along with my gender. Everything from the type of men, only men, I was to find attractive to what I was meant to look like and how I was meant to be to behave to be attractive to them. Even the circumstances under which I was to consent or not consent to romantic or sexual advances were laid out for me. If a righteous Mormon, <laughs> sorry, if a righteous Mormon boy <laughs> was to ask you to dance, you say yes. If your husband um, asked you to have sex, you said yes. If a non-Mormon man wants to ask you out, you say no. End quote. So Leo, I, I laugh just because men not because of you not because of your story just just men in general like the expect like who the fuck who the fuck do you think you are sorry expectations of men is just like i it makes it so easy to be queer like it really does <laughs> it they make it so easy to be queer and that and that's and honestly that's how i feel like that was one of my bigger th- realizations last year when i was like am i a lesbian because i was having interactions with men not a lot just like enough where i'm like okay well that shitty it looks like there's a rat in the tree i know that's a bird though from this distance it just looked like real rat like are you no that's a bird okay back to, to the topic but yeah last year i was just even still though i'm like do you not understand that what you just said or like how you came across and i'm just it's like, you, you just make it so easy to want to be with women or or anybody else honestly <laughs> anybody else <laughs> and not to say that I hate men or anything like that. I actually, I don't like that, I guess, like, stereotype or that queer women hate men. And I'm not speaking for all queer women. I'm just speaking for myself. Like, I don't believe that our problems would be fixed if um, there was um, a female-led society or a feminine-led society. However, that looked, I think we need to get to a better place of understanding and listening and, and balance and communication and that and partnership that that's at least what i believe but um but yeah men y'all have to do better out here because y'all are just making it so easy for um any literally anybody else to snatch up anybody anyone and anybody because <laughs> we're inclusive out here in these streets in these gay streets okay back to the quotation i think i question a lot because i was never taught to evaluate or trust my own feelings is my questioning that I am bisexual because I am bisexual or because I'm internalized the misogynistic script that I must secretly want to be <laughs> with a <the> man? <laughs> go off, Cleo, go off. Back to the quote. Would dating men give me... Please don't come over here, B. Sorry. Would, would dating men give me such dysphoria if I passed more for a man or does it just feel wrong because I'm not attracted to them? And... Not that it matters, but they are trans, if anybody is wondering. They're, they're a lovely human being, and one of the best human beings that I know. Uh, quite honestly, yeah, they, oh uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Very much in the top five. Top five? Yeah. Um, am I demisexual because of genetics or hormones, or because I'm traumatized to the point that I cannot... I couldn't let myself feel attracted unless I'm 100% safe with someone. End quote. I don't, I'm not speaking on that for them. For, for me, I would definitely say I am, or I identify as demisexual because I need to 
have that bond with with someone which includes emotional and intellectual like because i can have an emotional bond with somebody but if they're dumber than a bag of rock maybe i wouldn't have that mm, i don't want to be out here saying that i don't, I don't i'm not friends with dumb people <laughs> oh that sounds bad <laughs> let me rephrase myself um i i just need to have an intellectual um emotion and emotional connection with someone um, because I have friends that I necessarily don't have as much intellectually going on with. But most of my friends I do. But it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm into them. But for me to just overall be attracted to someone, to, to even consider them an option, I have to be, like, attracted to them intellectually. It doesn't take much. It literally is just, like, continued conversations and whatnot. So, yeah. And... There is one other long-ass section of their quote. I think it is um, a second edition to the DSM. There is a bee coming at me, y'all. Please, please stop. Don't ruin the vibes. Okay, moving on. To start up the rest of their quote. I think we spend too much time trying to get sexually, to get sexuality right. Okay, I'm going to end the quote right there. (laughs) Because this goes off what I was saying earlier, about the majority of my year last year was me trying to get it right and and I still feel that way to some degree um and I guess to go on a little bit of a tangent because I first of all I don't even go out like talking about it y'all like I just stay at home like really but when I do go out I think I do present more masculine or butch and for I guess for whatever reason last year I I was just getting into like I guess more queer presence online like TikToks and just social media people expressing themselves and I wasn't seeing a lot of butch for butch or mass for mass women together and that stressed me out back then because I'm like well I feel very comfortable dressing mask or butch or just however if I had to label label it it would be like kind of that because it definitely is not very feminine Although I have played with more feminine traits and stuff like that before. I'm just more comfortable dressing, I guess, butch, soft butch or mask. And yeah, that was a big thing for me last year. Being like, well, how are they going to know that I'm into them if I look like, quote unquote, a dude, you know? And because you typically just see stems and butches together. Um, you, You typically see femmes and butches together. Or stems and butches, or femmes and femmes. You hardly ever see butches and butches together. And luckily, I've had two separate um, couples, married couples, come into my life that are butch for butch, and that have like helped me open up my perspectives on that. And as well as seeing on like, say for like TikTok and Instagram, uh, butch for butch couples, or just people not labeling themselves stem butch femme. And just going with the flow and they will be very fluid in how they uh, present and identify and label themselves and I think that's really fucking beautiful because we just we need that honestly we just need that more so we can move forward as like society back to the quote (laughs) I think we spend too much time trying to get sexuality right describe it in a way that's palatable to straight society that will include everyone who should be included and exclude everyone who should be excluded and will never change. But we're not always right about sexuality. This damn train, hold on. This long ass Amtrak is in the way of progress. I live very close to a train track. 
That sounded like trailer trash. No, um, that sounded bad as well. I'm just waiting for it to like come to a, a stop so y'all can hear me. Again, um, there are people who would look at me, a non-binary person who's attracted to non-binary genders and women and has had genuine relationships with men in the past and call me bi. Others would call me a lesbian or a sapphic or queer or trisic or fluid or omni-gay or pansexual. Some people feel really entitled to having me identify with their pet term to validate their view of the world. The amount of like, I don't even, how do I say this? People, like you're just so right because people feel the need to insert themselves into your sexuality all the fucking time. I had um, a friend or I guess an acquaintance who was definitely a lesbian, tell me that I was a lesbian. And I know that they didn't mean it to, like, force their opinions on me. Um, it's just a very... It could very easily be classified as a lesbian. And it, was, and it was last year when I was just, like, trying to figure it out, you know? And... But, yeah, and I, I appreciate, to, like, most of my friends um, are very fluid and... They don't force me to identify as a lesbian. And I haven't run across any other lesbians that are like, yeah, bitch, you're a lesbian. Just accept it. <laughs> you know, people are just much more free-flowing these days and are allowing other people the, the room that, that they are entitled to because it's their fucking, like, space to just express themselves without having to be one, definitively one thing or the other, you know? And I think that's that's really beautiful. <laughs> that's just the vibes I got. But like, yeah. To start the quote again. But I'm kind of over that. I'm a lesbian because that term and culture and history best match who I am. And that term leads me to resources that are helpful. I'm open to changing that label if my circumstances or feelings change. But I'm ultimately over trying to figure out who the true me would have been if I didn't live in this world. I do live in this world, and I didn't choose that any. Whether my current identity is permanent and something I was born with, or the result of trauma that may, that may change in the future, doesn't change that right now I'm happiest with other sapphics. I only feel sexual attraction under select circumstances, and I'm done wasting my limited romantic and sexual energy on boys, Mormon or otherwise, just because they want me to dance with them. And quotation okay <laughs> wasn't that beautiful wasn't that well thought out like wasn't that just the bee's knees as they would say I thought it was just neat <laughs> um, I'm interested in what people have to say or what they want to add to the to the conversation if anybody listening had anything they, they wanted to send in um, you can send it to either my um, business email, or sorry, my business Instagram, Living Brightly LLC. You can d DM me there. Or you can also send it to my business email. I'm, I don't check it very often, but <laughs> I'm fairly certain my business email is live, L-I-V-E, Brightly, B-R-I-G-H-L. T-L-Y-94 at gmail.com. So livebrightland94 at gmail.com. I am planning on doing not only a second part to this, but um, uh, just other topics that include sexuality. And I mean, I am cis, so I don't really feel qualified to talk about uh, gender identity. 
um, or rather I would have, I would rather have someone once the podcast could grow and my setup can grow, you know, cause the bitch is doing this on a voice memo app <laughs> right now. I, and I, I do want to eventually get to a place where I could have like actual equipment and do, do interviews, um, with someone that doesn't have to be in my immediate vicinity now. But yeah, that's, that's the end of the episode to this segment. No, that was it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You guys can like share, comment, email a bitch, this, this podcast link, whatever you want to do, download the episode, um, and share via social media. Um, so I can have more input and just, just so I can reach more people. I'm just trying to add a dialogue that potentially wasn't there. Not that I'm think that I'm doing something new or innovative. I just like talking about all this shit. Um, so yeah, you can follow me at Wogos Naomi, and as for my personal, and you can follow me at Living Brightly LLC for my business account on Instagram. If you don't know, I do oracle readings, and you can DM me for a booking. If you just are interested in oracle readings or anything like that, you can check out my business page. There's also stuff on my personal page, but I do um, post either IGTVs or reels or just pictures of not daily oracle readings, but just readings when I do them. I feel like there's information for other people on them that I think is useful. I'll post those. I'll post motivational stuff. Um, and if you have any topics you think that you could be inter interesting for me to discuss, please let me know. I know coming up that I wanted to discuss, well, maybe not so soon because I, I have not finished the book and I, I would like to read other books on the topic, but um, neurodiversity and one of my oldest friends, she, I sent her some pages from some, some pages from the book and we've been talking about um, how we both think that we're, we identify as HSP, which means highly sensitive person. And they, I only like highlighted and checked off a few <laughs> markers on that, on that list, but they checked off pretty much all of them. So we were like, yeah, we want to definitely talk about that. I don't know if they would want to come on the podcast or not, but that's something that we're both interested in. And she is very much interested in working with autistic people in the future and neurodiverse people in the future as part of her career and life path. Um, I just think it's real neat. And I, until like meeting my friend, I did not think that I was someone that would, that would classify as being neurodiverse. I thought I was stereotypical. And now I'm like, okay, well there, there's a lot of stuff that people just don't know that it can go undiagnosed. But I definitely, I'm like, when I read the highly sensitive uh, person, the HSP portion of the book. Earlier today, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and this is something I haven't talked to my friend, my other friend about, the one that I read the quote, quote from. But I have in the past wondered if I was autistic in some shape or form. Um, but I just denounced it because I was like, oh, I don't think that I am. And I guess that was ignorant of me to be like, well, because I didn't think that it presented only one way. I was just like, I don't see the signs here. <laughs> and I had other people that I voiced it to. was like, no, I don't think you are. But what the fuck did they know, you know? <laughs>
But if you're interested, so the book is called Divergent Minds by Janara Nirenberg. I'm, and I'm only on chapter, I think, chapter two. But it's just very, very interesting. Even from the introduction, I learned so much from the introduction. I was like, wow, this is a book that I think a lot of people just need to read. Just even if they don't think that they are neurodiverse, I just feel like it's important because it could, if you're not, someone in your life could be, and it could. And it's Autistic Awareness Month, bitch. Like, be on your P's and Q's. Like, don't be ignorant out, out in these streets. Like, what the fuck? Like, you know, it's 2021, Karens. Don't be ignorant. Was it, should I have not have said Karens? Anyway, <laughs> we're going to end it there for today. Oh, also my um, sale in my shop, Living, Living Brightly LLC, is going to be ending tomorrow. 15% off the entire shop for... Uh, for bath salts, for nose cuffs, for wire-wrapped stone pendants. I am going to be adding more stuff to that um, the next few months. This month, I did want to play around with incense cones specifically um, and at, get that going. Um, but there's going to be ah, there's going to be more more sales coming and whatnot and updates. And I'm I'm thinking about giving like a bigger discount like sale to, like promo code for people that listen to the podcast specifically um so if that's something you're into let a bitch know but yeah that's gonna be all for today my name is naomi and y'all have like a just a fantastic queer day you know what i mean like i can't tell you what to do but we're gonna end it there because it's getting awkward okay bye